0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Rigori podcast, a light-hearted look at Serie A with a Scottish accent. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, the man who gives hair care advice to Luciano Spalletti, and I'm joined by my cousin Simone Inzaghi's stylish, Marco. How are you this week, Marco? <laughs>
1: uh, I've been better in terms of football. Footballing-wise, put it that way.
0: <laughs> Footballing-wise, it's not, been, it's not been the most memorable.
1: No, well, memorable, but for all the wrong reasons, as as I'm sure we'll get. into. <laughs> no,
0: we will, we will get into that, but we'll we'll prolong your agony a little bit. And let's start. with We record on a on a Sunday night, and we've just um, come to the close of what is a A, scudetto deciders potentially anyway between Milan and Napoli and it went it meant Milan's way we've been Nap- uh, Milan doubters a bit on this mm-hmm. on this podcast but I mean from what you saw there Marco has, has that convinced you a bit more that they might have the credentials?
1: Yeah no I, I thought they it wasn't a great game but I thought they were value for the win there Um. Napoli just looked a bit out of ideas and stuff. And apart from the threat of Aussie men, they didn't really threaten very much. I mean, they maybe had a claim for a penalty in the first half. But um, no, Milan, Milan, I thought, played quite well. And probably the most impressive I've seen them this season. Um, So, yeah, could they do it? I still think probably Inter will sneak it. Or, as we've discussed before, Juve will sneak through the back door. But... (laughs) Um, they they've they've proved me wrong a bit, I think. I, they,
0: they, they, I thought they showed quite good heart there. You know, quite. Good, yeah. You know, it wasn't always pretty, as you say. It wasn't. I, I thought it was a gripping game in a way, because I mean, it, especially the fact that Milan went ahead. Our old pal Giroud getting a you know a real quick reaction goal there, but um, I thought I thought they showed a lot of character, and that certainly you know love them or loathe them, I think. I, Teo Hernandez certainly is a is a driving oh, yeah. force to that he team. I mean, player, they, you yeah. know, he is he's quite irritating at times, but he he does he does do a good job. And the defence was, you know, Napoli. I mean, we think is one of the best strike forces or the best attacking forces mm-hmm. in Italy, and yet that defense you I've got to see Tomori looked strong. You know, yeah. they 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 held they held firm. So I think yeah, off the cap to to Milan that you know they they've hung on in there maybe through. Tougher times, and you know now now it looks like uh, now it looks like they're they're coming on strong. As you see, Inter, I watched them on Friday night, and they found form again, having been off the boil. So it was a case of the two Milanese sides kind of getting getting back into the getting back into the groove a bit so uh, and as we say, we watch we watch with interest and trepidation that that uv revival it just keeps just keeps ticking over but it, it, it you know it, in, enough of of these these high level matters, let's let's not torture you, let's not torture you too long Marco, I mean uh, another tough weekend for a Venezia fan, I mean some of the other results we've said in the past you've had to to watch while other results have gone against you but at least, you know, at least some of the other teams uh, internal Yeah we didn't
1: lose any ground
0: Decently, (laughs) so so, I mean the first question is, is there anything good that you can take out of a 4-1 home defeat by Sassuolo?
1: Right, this is going to be some major straw clutching here, but um I, I actually thought when we were 3-0 down, we then had probably our best hour of the past few weeks. We we really looked dangerous when we attacked. We actually created chances, which is something that has been so difficult for us. And 4-1, you know, I, I think Sassuolo deserved to win the game, but 4-1, wasn't really a fair reflection of of the balance of play I didn't think they got three penalties um, two of which I would say were fairly soft um, and yeah on another day Concilio made a great save, we scored two offside goals, we missed a penalty so there was something to see there and what I liked the most was that there was a bit of fight about the team now you might say Sassuolo probably took the foot off the pedal when they were 3-0 up and that's definitely something to take into account. But, you know, heads could have dropped at 3-0 and they could have just given up and they didn't. They kept pushing and I like to see that. Um, But is it enough? I don't know. I I think we've got a run of games against Samp, Udinese and Spezia coming up and after after the Lazio game and that is going to be the make or break run of games I think. We've got to get a good number of points out of those runs. I,
0: I mean I don't think you're entirely foolish there Marco because I mean I looked at the stats from the game and you certainly had chances and then I you know I watched the highlights I and mean, I don't know I lost count of how many Penalties and claims <laughs> for penalties. They were were in that game. We were, you know, we were just uh, we sort of have a dodgy penalty of the week award, and we oh, were kind, certainly a couple. We, of we'd, we'd been clutching at straws a bit for it, but you know that that game certainly, from what I saw, gave a couple. And then, I mean, at the very end, the, you missed the penalty, and and I saw did did the, the, the manager get sent off for complaining about the manager it got then, sent? Yeah, he got then, sent
1: off for complaining about the decision being. Wrong, which yeah. then was he was proven right to be because the ref gave the penalty. Yeah. so it, but was I that, don't know if you can appeal that. Nah, no, I
0: don't know. I know I saw him getting the ref throwing his jacket and disgust, yeah. and then and then he went to VAR and gave the penalty. So I felt yeah. a bit felt a bit tough on your on your manager as well. But as I said, when seeing the way the other results went, I noticed that um, Sam getting sort of knocked mm-hmm. back down into the mix and obviously Spezia too, then you know it's it's maybe all hope is not it is not lost yet. I mean in that that Spezia game was another classic UV one niler and they and what I was going to get to there's a lot of talk now in Italy about you know it is more than there always has been in Italy, but particularly recently, is winning by more than one goal a waste of time and you know how how pragmatic are you Marco or or do you like to see a team I'm thinking mostly of Roma a bit as well under Mourinho Mm -hmm. certainly Juventus under Allegri there seems to be this school of thought that one nil's is plenty we've no obligation to entertain if we can get the points we're happy with it is that a a philosophy that chimes with you or, or do you like to see a team provide a bit more in the way of entertainment?
1: I mean I think ideally you want to see your team entertain play entertaining football and you know win by a few goals and dominate a team and everything like that. But you know, I doubt there'll be many UV fans complaining too much about the the run that they're on at the moment. And, you know, Roma beating Atalanta 1-0 is a big result for them this season. Um so it's difficult, isn't it? It's that balance between um doing just enough and and setting out to entertain. And I think if you're You know, if Venezia were scraping out 1-0 wins, I wouldn't be complaining at all. Um, But I think if you're a bigger team, you might want your team to be doing a bit more. I'm not sure, but... you You can't say anything too negative about it because... At the end of the day, it's who's got the most points.
0: Ah, yeah, well that that's true. I mean, I think it's the I think it's the consolation for um, fans of teams like Fiorentina that we console ourselves with playing nice foot, and, and for a long time we weren't even able to console ourselves with that. Yeah, yeah. So at least you know that that is a consolation. Maybe and maybe it's a bit of an excuse sometimes, or a or of you know, we of avoiding blaming a team when if they you know, lose our three two thriller or whatever, we say, Oh well that was that was entertaining, mm-hmm. and that was typical Fiorentina, whereas the big boys have a sort of obligation to win. That you know goes beyond entertainment, really. You know, and you know that fans of a of a giant club are going to be irate if they if they you know they're not going to be happy losing losing a five four thriller. It's it's much more important to to win. It's just it's just recently that I mean I've watched a fair bit of Juventus and it hasn't been very entertaining and, and no. it has it has been that that you know even against Besa it looked like the were under the cosh for spells in the second half, you know, and, and they kind of relinquished the initiative. But you know, you have to say they are very good at it, and they don't concede much now. And so maybe it's a, a building block. It's my kindest interpretation. It's that it's a it's a sort of starting point for Allegri. He said I have to sort this out. Defence yeah. is conceding too many goals. Now he's sorted this out. I'll be interested to see if there is another level if they can add goal scoring onto the top. of that. Yeah. I
1: can see it as this, as something that's at the start of a manager's project that you want to solidify it back and get as many points. And yeah, that works. I suppose, as you say, is, the, is there another gear that they can go into? And I do think that Allegri and Mourinho are classic examples of coaches that are a bit out of date now. Um, and they, I think that's shown in Europe and things like that, that, the, the top managers do have moved on, and these teams do constantly attack and and put you under pressure, and they'll go for the jugular. If they get one, they'll try and get another one. But at the start of a project, it, you know the the most important thing is to try and win, and and you know that's what they're doing. So
0: yeah, no, they're grinding it exactly, as I say. Mm-hmm. It might be found short in Europe, but yeah. in Italy, it certainly looks it certainly looks good enough. Now we've always got one eye as well on the Nazionale Marco, and I noticed a few of our boys doing quite well over over the weekend, mm-hmm. you, did that give you a bit more hope? Certainly on Friday night I noticed that although it was Lautaro Martinez that kind of stole the headlines with the goals, it was Nicolo Barella played quite a big yeah. part in, in all of Inter's success, then Zaniolo doing well for, for Roma, even your favourite player, Chiro Immobile, getting amongst the goals again, and and without without sort of twisting the knife, um, Sassuolo boys doing well, yeah. all of them really. Raspadori, Berardi, Scamacca. I mean, are you are you more optimistic that we keep watching all these Portuguese players doing really really well and worrying? Although there's also the little matter of North Macedonia to no, get out exactly. of the way, but you know, I, I I was quite pleased to see this uptick in form from from Italian players. Is it giving you a bit more De- hope?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's important that that these players are are picking up some form, and, and certainly the ones you've named are doing well. I mean, I think Berardi's got a shout for being. Actually, the best Italian player of the season. I think he's got 10, well, 11 goals now in tennis, or 12 goals now because he scored twice today, <laughs> um, and 10 assists. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're, 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 I think that these boys all look good. I think the difficulty will be Mancini's not got much time with them because the league's not helping out. And can he decide what his best 11 is for these two games? And, you know, will they gel? Because I think. With the lack of time, the most likely thing is that he'll fall back on tried and tested players and formations. And maybe what we need, it. having seen you know the Switzerland game and the Northern Ireland game, is a bit of fresh blood to try and mix things up a
0: bit. I mean, he hasn't been afraid to do that. Though, no, have to say. I mean, he's shown it. Whether whether when it comes you know whether if push comes to shove and it's a World Cup qualifier, you're right. Maybe he will. Maybe will err on the side of caution but he's most of his i'd say most of the time anyway as italy boss he's been willing to give you know whilst he's been loyal to some he's also been willing to give and and roll a dice on on so it hasn't always worked out you know so so maybe maybe some of these but it's, it's just it's good to see so many options doing yeah, so well and definitely. and and hopefully Avoiding injury, we we, we they sort of we cross our fingers or whatever other yep. signs you want to make to to see that they all that they all make it to the to the end of March and the, the end of March in, in good form because they certainly we need them all to be playing to their best to get through these two games. I think it's no doubt that they they need to be in their yeah, best form. Yeah, I mean, f-
1: funny enough, my my biggest worry is probably the defence. Uh, you know, I think those are the players that. Maybe haven't looked as strong um, for us in the league, and even laterally, and when they played for Italy. So, yeah, I suppose that's that's the biggest worry um, at the back. But you do think that when there is something that happens when these boys pull on uh, the Zuri shirt, that they they're able to step up a level in that regard. So hopefully that will happen again.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now that that comes at the end of the month, but. One thing, do we know will it come by the end of the month, maybe by the end of the year, maybe by the end of your lifetime, my (laughs) lifetime, is when these blessed games that were postponed for COVID, now we both have games outstanding, uh, Venezia to play Salernitana, a vital Relegation mm-hmm. game and uh, and Fiorentina to play Udinese, which not a vital game for, but a, but a vital game potentially for relegation matters yeah. as well. Now, the, the, does anything I ask you, Marco, does anything move more slowly than the wheels of Italian sporting justice? What's the what's the latest position with your game with Venezia's game?
1: Well, I mean, to answer the question, I don't I don't believe it can move uh, uh, more slowly because. I just don't understand why it takes them so long to decide these things. It's a fairly clear cut thing and they just need to make a decision about it. And yes, there's appeals, but again, those you would have thought would be dealt with quite quickly. But um, the latest one with us is that we, it's now, I suppose this delay is now our fault because the league said we would have to play the game. And we, well, I say we, Venezia, um, travelled down to Salerno for that game, the league had said the game wasn't being cancelled, so we went there, Salerno didn't turn up, so in that regard, there should be a fairly simple decision to make Um, now obviously COVID played a part but I, I honestly don't understand why it's taken so long, you know even if we're appealing, they should just take it to the appeals and deal with it and then fix a date we don't even know when this game's going to be played which is ridiculous, I can see it being put at the end of the season when it could be a crucial game, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Fiorentina is very similar. Ours was in, we didn't have to travel. Ours was in Florence, I think. But the the last I saw was, we were suggesting possibly around Easter, or it could even be, after Fiorentina play the return leg of the Coppa Italia against Juventus, you know, so there, there could be, you know, there could be players have retired by the time yeah, that, know, exactly. that game gets played. So it does it compr- You know, the the fixtures are in a certain order that sets a certain integrity to the season, and then and then you take so long that then it does. I mean, Italy doesn't need things to fuel conspiracy theories. But this type of delay and delay, and as you say, okay, may maybe partly architects of of their own delay there. But nonetheless, it's taken forever just to get any clarity on it. And these are games that are going to have a you know a knock-on effect. And you keep looking at that league table and thinking, well, yeah, we've got games mm-hmm. games in hand, but you know that's not the same as having points, points on, the board, on the board. You know, board, it's, exactly. it's a big it's a big difference. So um, I, I think. I mean, uh, uh... It was, it was, on, I, no, I was, I was just going
1: to jump in and say, I mean, the, the, just to pick up on your point of the the integrity of, you know, the order of the games, I think it would have made it, I honestly think it would have made a massive difference to our season if we'd played that Salernitana game at that point because it would have broken this, it, or potentially given us a chance to break this terrible run that we're on. Um, and if we had beaten them at the start of the year in January, then we'd. You know, the confidence would have been in the team. We we knew we had a tough run of games at that point. That was the one that we were looking to try and win. And if we had won it, then we could have taken these defeats a bit more, whereas I think it's hit us psychologically a lot harder now. So even when we play them now, we're playing a different Salernitana team because they bought a whole new team as well. So there's a whole load of issues that...
0: that Maybe definitely, it definitely. Yeah, no. And uh, Fiorentina, I think, feel the same. That you know, they would, we could have been sitting in a European place mm-hmm. rather than looking in from the outside. And that it does give you a different approach to a fixture if you're, you know, if you're looking at it. I mean, now even it's just looking down the barrel of a gun in in, yeah. in in sporting terms, and and you know that game's going to be a hell of a lot more difficult and, and uh, you know, more, much more winner takes all whenever it's whenever it's played and. Uh, although it might go on so long, so time, I might already be yeah. relegated <laughs> at, yeah, exactly. at this rate. So so we don't know. But I mean, going back to my original question about if anything moves slower, I, I do think, you might not remember him, but there was a midfielder for Fiorentina called Mario Bolatti, and I think he did move slower than the wheels <laughs> of Italian justice. So um, anyway, that we'll see. But maybe by, you know, by podcast, Rigori Pod episode Five hundred and twelve or something'll yeah. we'll have a have a we'll, have a, we'll, have, a, we'll sure. have a verdict from that Mark. I just wanted to finish off we i' been a sort of sad note i suppose from from Serie A over the weekend you're you're far too young to remember in fact even i'm far too young to remember but um, a name I'd remember from my childhood and one of the great names of Italian football sadly passed away over the weekend giuseppe wilson now it's a name that I can remember my dad Talking about man, I thought he would made the name up, but it always, it always gave me hope that um, you know a, a, an Italian, an English Italian, a Scottish Italian could, yeah. could play for Italy. It was a, it was a name to conjure with, and he was captain of the. For people that don't know, he was captain of the Lazio side that won the Scudetto in nineteen seventy four. And if you ever want to, you know, if you ever have a hankering for history, go back and read about that Lazio team because it was one of the most madcap kind of incident packed teams in the history of of Serie A it also had i mean amazingly a Welshman in the team Well, almost was Giorgio Kinalia who was yeah. born in Tuscany but grew up in Wales the the, the Luciano Reciconi, who was Shot in a freak accident a few years later. It, it really was a team, and this guy Wilson Pino, the Capitano, played. I mean, I think close on 400 games for for Lazio, and he was kind of the glue that that kept this this mad bunch together. So it was just, it was a. I always feel it's it's quite a you know poignant moments. It's easy to forget the, the history of Serie A we get caught up yeah. especially now in the in the moment. So it was just a, a wee moment to see adio Capitano really to, to a Lazio Lazio great and I'm sure any Lazio fans listening will be raising a wee glass of wine in his honour over the over the weekend. And the team did him proud as well with a with a with a three yeah. 0 a three nil win. So it was a uh, a fitting tribute to a to a pretty to a pretty amazing footballer. But anyway, Definitely. that's 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 our that's our round up from the from the weekend done and uh, we'll be we'll be back again next week. Remember to give us a rate, give us a like, give us a share, give us anything, really any comment, all, yep. all money, feed, all money, well. money, yes, sponsorship, <laughs> sponsorship, lucrative sponsorship deals, always always welcome. And uh, we'll be we'll be back again next week with another sideways look at Serie A.
1: Great, see you then.